0: last time on The Incorrigible Party.
1: Leading Shakara and Horik through the Darkling Tunnels, Shaft covers their tracks with his ranger magic, making it difficult for the Paladin Tracker to pursue them. Once above ground, Shaft splits up with the others, leaving them to find shelter. As he navigates the city to Keplis in search of a lead box to contain the second Eye of Dendar.
0: Oh. What was that you wanted? More adventure? You got it.
1: Shaft, as you depart, Shakara and Hork, you know, you both kind of turn off in different directions, and you make your way towards the noise, the the crowds. So you have a couple of different options of how you kind of want to navigate this. As you, as you get a little closer, right, I mean, clearly the the sounds uh, are just echoing down these empty streets right? of, of, of music and the smells of the food, and, and, the, and the just people clearly like this is a celebration, right? But these these roving crowds, they prove to be a little difficult to avoid without backtracking through the abandoned parts of the city and kind of circumnavigating them. Because as you approach, and if you were to, to kind of stop it and take in your position for a second, even when you're not moving, they are clearly approaching you. Like these masses of people are, are moving towards you, the opposite direction of which you are, you are moving. Just the, the noises of them get louder. You can, you know, maybe get close enough to, to pick up bits and pieces of conversation uh, about people just talking back and forth. So I suppose you have a couple of options. You can do this backtrack if you'd like to completely avoid the crowds. And again, if you recall, you st- there are paladins within those crowds you know you can kind of sp- uh, sparsely pick them out through through the m- masses amounts of, of people like think uh, like block party amount of people like there it looks like there's hundreds of people out here flooding back into the abandoned sections of the city now that the blue light is is gone and again through the through the conversations you're picking up that's clearly like what this celebration was was spurned by right? Lights down, alright, let's celebrate, let's get back into our city. Like, that kind of thing, right? The, it's almost like there's a... Mardi
2: Gras, there's, there's right? the beads all around. Oh, yeah, there's
1: there's topless people <laughs> ever throwing beads around. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so so you can either... You can do a backtrack to try to completely avoid which, uh, judging by the size of the crowd and the direction they're moving, that that's going to add about an hour to your trip to see Capulet. You can obviously attempt to move within the crowd if you want. Uh, and then thirdly, potentially, you could attempt to hide somewhere yourself and and wait out this crowd, perhaps. Uh, obviously, you don't really know how long that might take uh, before it's clear for you to slink out and, you know, sparsely, more sparsely populated uh, as the laggers kind of catch up to the rest of the group, right, moving past you.
2: So as a, as a halfling, as a small fella, would, would it take a lot longer to sort of weave my way through this crowd, sort of avoiding any... Uh, paladins along the way or anybody that I might recognize. Um, do I sort of think it's going to take me a lot longer to try to go through this wave of people rather than to navigate myself back and around uh, a different unoccupied area?
1: I believe with your uh, you have a halfling ability that kind of just lets you move through essentially through and under people's. People. Yeah, yeah. So so I think you're... you, you certainly would, would know that the quickest route would be to try to navigate through this crowd and and avoiding the paladins obviously that's going to be probably the more risky choice to make but the fastest
2: all right so yeah it's halfling nimbleness you can move through a space with any creatures that is uh, a size larger than you so i would i don't know what would you say most of druc is uh you know A a torso bigger than me?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would say that predominantly uh, Drukal is made up of medium-sized creatures.
2: (laughs) You know, I think uh, I'm just going to try to work my way through the crowd, being a little stealthy as I go and and sort of keeping an eye out. My assumption is going to be that the guards from Samuel were probably given direct orders by Samuel and the words not necessarily out looking for me, so I'll take the risk. All right, give me. Uh, okay, give me. Give me stealth.
1: Then I'm not sure that stealth is really the right one in the crowd. Um, is there anything else that you are doing uh, to facilitate you kind of blending in?
2: You know, I, I think I, what I'd probably do is go. You know, go up into an alleyway, sort of let some things go by, look at the people, and then you know head up to the next little block, you know, like a staircase or something like that as people walk by and then sort of jump over the staircase, pop over to the other side kind of thing. Um, but as far as just trying not to be seen by the paladins, just sort of looking around because they're all in the same garb, right? So if I see a little red cloak, I just sort of, you know, duck down, <laughs> wait till they pass by. Okay. Kind of thing.
1: Uh, okay, great. Uh, then s- stealth it is then. And uh, I believe you are under the effects of Pass Trace still
2: as well. So that's a 29.
1: Weaving through the through the crowds, like everybody here's got like a, a mug of something in their hand, uh, they're they're almost kind of like bumping into each other like mosh pits style in a few places. Right as you're kind of weaving and ducking around the some of the very intoxicated people in this street, and you you do kind of duck, you know, out of the crowd into this alley as as a, a pair of paladins kind of walk by. You see though the the. Few times that you do this, as you're moving through this crowd, finally kind of getting to the the tail end of the group, it's just kind of moved and away from you, right? As the you and the group are kind of moving in opposite directions, so it's it, it aids you, right, getting through it a little faster than perhaps if they were just standing still. But the people, um, a few of the more drunk people, the more intoxicated people, kind of harassing the patrolling paladins, you know, like. Not not getting physical with them, but clearly verbal uh, harassment, telling them to get out of their city. Um, clearly voicing and vocalizing like disdain for their presence, uh, especially after uh, the, what has happened to to their city, right? Being under the effects of the blue light, even though they evacuated, that's still like judging. If if you think that everybody here uh, in the streets is like residences of that part of the city. It's a huge number of people to have to cram into the other sections of the city, too, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So as I'm listening, do I hear anybody saying anything? I mean, I'm sort of under the assumption it's because of the blue light and all that. But do I hear anything specific uh, that they're yelling at the paladins about? You know, any anything? Do they mention anything other than just get the hell out of here and anything like that?
1: it's pretty generalized uh definitely though you, you catch a few threats essentially threatening like if this blue light comes back there's you know like we're, we're rising up against you kind of thing like some most of them are kind of incoherent especially from some of the people that are like really unsteady on their feet uh to the paladin's credit i suppose they don't really engage with these comments all that much they kind of just continue on their patrol just excising themselves from the the, the situation
2: is the uh, is there a pretty large group of paladins, or is it just small little sections of them here and there, two or three here, two or three there? Are they pretty dominant in the city still?
1: Well, uh, through this crowd, it seems like they're, they're in pairs, but as you get further into the city, you kind of finally cross into Detmer's district, right? And the number of paladins in general seems to be back down to to levels of kind of where, when you first arrived in Drukal looking for the amulet, the streets being like very sparsely populated by them. Clearly the the, the surge in numbers that you kind of saw as the tower camp was being assembled have decreased fairly significantly due to the mobilization of, you know, Samuel's forces into the mountains, to the new front line. The it's kind of where the focus of the the personnel needs to be, right? I mean you 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 and the rest of the party certainly know that. But it doesn't take you long kind of observing these patrols to, to recognize their movement patterns as that as an actual patrol, usually like like you witness in the crowds moving in pairs, uh, moving up and down the streets in what seems to be kind of a loose grid, and once you recognize this, avoiding their patrols becomes like nearly trivial, uh, especially under passive trace leaving zero tracks for them to possibly pick up on during their routes up and down the streets. Okay.
2: Yeah, I'll just continue on directly towards Kepley's as much as I possibly can.
1: About 20 or so minutes in, you you hear a voice in your head. Uh, Shakara is messaging you through her eerie token.
0: Shaft, we went back a few streets. House number 2112, near the end of the street.
2: Do I know about this locket or a piece of hair that she gave me, this lock of hair, does it... Uh, only work one time or do i do I know uh you know that it only works one way and
1: as far as you know it, like after the message the the token persists physically in your hand
2: all right I'll make a note of that in my head and uh, do, uh, do I sort of recognize the address from a street perspective kind of thing so I know where about where they are yes, absolutely absolutely okay uh, I'll continue on a
1: number of a number of blocks from Kepley's, uh, as, as that that hour uh, to, to navigate here is, is quickly approaching, right? So, it's been a roughly 60-70 minutes since you left Shakara and Horik. But a number of blocks from Kepley's, the, the Dark night is briefly illuminated, like, high above you as a, a bolt of fire kind of launches through the air. It looks like it originates somewhere like west of you, which would be towards uh, in Lag's district. As the street burns out in the sky kind of like this like this dying echo it's it's fiery cry is responded to two lights spark up in response again high into the air above the city oversized bullseye lanterns kind of mounted to each side of an airship flood the streets with light kind of revealing the presence of 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 the vessel high above you they sweep past the shadowy alley that you're lurking in before the ship turns towards the source of this firebolt flare, and as if in a, in a chorus, uh, a matching set of massive lanterns kind of light up on a, on a second airship much further east of you. They emit a series of flashes towards each other as, as they blink out, uh, then back on, then ba- back off again, like kind of like this Morse Cody kind of uh, messaging. The airship uh, on the move above you kind of returns a, sing- a signal back, and then it Continues its response route to the signal that was launched from the ground.
2: So this fiery light—it it wasn't like an explosion or anything. It's like a, a signal flare of some kind.
1: Yeah, it was literally like—you mean you've seen Falzer and cast fire? It was literally just like a firebolt, like launched up into the air.
2: Okay. Wow. With the present things that are going on, I'm going to probably assume that since we escaped down in the tunnels, they know we're going into Jukall. The remaining paladin uh, guards have somehow notified that we're in town, and now they're pulling in more people to uh, to try to find us. So um, I'm gonna make haste as fast as I can, sort of making sure I'm staying clear of any paladins, a little, a little bit more cautious, but <laughs> as fast as I can to get uh, to safety if Kepleys. And and keeping an eye on the airships the best I can. Are they, see where they seem to be navigating to.
1: Yeah, yeah. So once, um, once the kind of signals are emitted to each other, the responding ship moving towards lights, it's big oversized lanterns, like these searchlight kind of things is functioning as remain on, you see that the, the second ship, which again is, is like far east of you, which would be closer to like that Eastern gate of the city. Kind of actually in the in the direction of like magic, 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 like past the tickly servant, further, further that way, right? Um, its lanterns kind of extinguish, and just in the darkness, just how high up they are, you just lose lose sight of it. It's it's gone in, in the night.
2: Um, of the ships that I've seen, do would I be able to recognize which one that uh, Grimby Chum would be nav or, uh, piloting or captaining? Would I notice which ship that would be?
1: Uh, yeah, like viewing them in clear daylight. Yeah, you, you. I mean, you would see like rising four plastered across, across the helm. But in the in the darkness and by the light, kind of concentrated and directed, it's kind of it's really difficult to tell which one is which. You just know that, like, clearly these lanterns have been man- mounted to the to the airships.
2: Okay. No, I'm I'm gonna stay on target.
1: As you have front door of Kepler's in sight, you see that. The like lanterns are kind of burning low in the windows inside. As you're about to approach it, you hear again, Shakara messaging you in your head. Shaft, I am in the sewers.
0: Hork. we were found. Hork guided me to a manhole and stayed above fighting some paladins. I don't know. I-, I don't know.
2: So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and try to, as long as there's nobody out front of Kepley's that would be obvious that I was going inside, I'm gonna go to the front door. If it looks like it's still pretty crowded and it, it's pretty dangerous to do that, I'll see if I can go in around the back and if I know if there, is there some kind of a back entrance so I could knock kind of thing.
1: Yeah, there certainly is a back entrance if that's how you would uh, prefer to enter the building. But out in the street, like, it's abandoned. Like, we're, it's like 11 o'clock at night kind of thing. Like, it's an hour from midnight, so the streets are empty. And again, like, lights, general Lance on the, uh, lanterns on the street starting to burn pretty low. Could use a, a swap in the candles. And lights originating from the shop also, like, very, very dim. So it looks like it's pretty deserted up front.
2: Yeah, I'll just run across, hiding sort of in the shadows as I go until I get up to the front and then, you know, knock on the door. Since it's late at night, I'm going to knock softly at first and sort of listen at the door to see if uh, I hear Kepley coming or someone coming.
1: The door kind of creaks open uh, like a couple inches and Kepley has answered. Oh, uh, Kepley! Uh, I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're sorry, sir. We're 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 closed for the for oh, the evening. It's me, Shaft. Let me in. No, quick. no, no, no. no, no I, I'm sorry. We're we're we're, we're closed. Uh,
2: yeah, I I get it. Let me in. He shuts closes the door on you. It's and I know this is Kepley. Yes. Yeah. Okay. By the voice. Okay. So I'm I'm thinking in my head. He's giving me a signal here obviously there's some paladins or something inside they they have made some kind of connection so i'm going to try to sneak around the back and are there any uh i, I assume you know kepley has this vault of of such somewhere deep inside of this uh this residence but he also lives there correct that is his right residence there. so there are are there any windows or anything i can sort of get a peek in to sort of see if there's anything going on
1: Think of like the first story as the storefront, and then his living quarters would be second story. Now, when you were here and you gave the Nina soul bag to him, like he took you like to the back, right? Which you walk through a bank of essentially vaults and like lock boxes to more to more like his office and like a, a personal safe that he has in which he put put Nina. And there certainly is a, a an entrance in that office. There'd be a window there that you could potentially peek in. Yeah.
2: Okay. And, uh, yeah, if necessary, I'll see how I can get up onto the second floor to look into. But let's start at the first floor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and see 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 where we can go from there.
1: So you kind of circle around, and you get to this back door. Why don't you give me another stealth here as you do so?
2: Uh, I'd be... Uh, is my pass out the trace at this point gone? It is expired now, yeah. Okay, 16. So
1: you get to... This small window—it's not very large, right? Uh, it is barred as well as it looks like the it looks like the first floor is like fairly secure. The door, the entrance doors, itself are like big metal doors, right, with huge with latches on the inside that you've seen. But you can look into this window, and the office itself is dark, so you can see past it uh, with your with your dark vision goggles. The door to it is open into the kind of lockbox area, and you catch two. Figures, two people, one uh, uh, one heavily armored, the other looks like they're more of a, a casher kind of in robes, moving towards towards the front of the store. As they're moving away from you, like you hear them, one of them kind of cries out, "Who was that? Who was that at the door?" And then they kind of get to a distance, like meeting Capuli at the front, which you can not really see from the vantage point you're at. But the the conversation then becomes muffled as they move uh, further away from you.
2: Okay, to the second floor. Are there, is there any type of, I mean, is this structure is building sort of like a, a city building with, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say fire escape, but <laughs> some kind of uh, way that I could maybe climb up the stonework or something to that effect to be able to get up to a second story window.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, it is brickwork and uh, it looks like there's, especially with like being Havillings size, the like the grout in between is is, is the thickness of it is you get your fingers kind of wedged in there, and uh, I don't know if you have any other gear, like a grappling hook or something that might help you. I don't don't know.
2: I'm looking right now. Uh, I have some rope, but I don't have a grappling hook. I'll do my best with what I have. If I have some kind of a way to to make a little lasso-type loop and shoot it up onto something, uh, maybe uh, something sticking out from the side of the building to give me some extra leverage. I'll try that. If not, I'll try to get onto the corner of the building and and do my best to to scale as as best I can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me um make give me like a just like a an attack roll or like a, a dexterity roll, just with your straight straight dex and proficiency to th- kind of loop this throw this rope.
2: All right, that'll be fifteen.
1: Okay, yeah, you kind of it snags on kind of the outcropping of of the windowsill uh, above you, or the story above you, and give me give me an athletics with advantage to climb the rope.
2: Uh, thirteen.
1: That's fine. I mean, it's you got to climb like fifteen feet, right? Maybe to get up to the window, and you are able to open this window. Uh, so why don't you give me a stealth now as you're pulling yourself into. This, uh, this open window you've cracked. Okay, 17. Uh, it seems you 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 kind of pull yourself up over the sill and land like whisper silent on the inside. And it does look like you are in Kepley's like a bedroom.
2: I'm going to try to sneak down to where like at the top of the stairwell uh, and did this staircase go down about where they were talking. Does it lead down into that area or is it a different part of the building?
1: It's kind of a spiral, uh, like metal spiral staircase. That it looks like, judging by where you are, if the bedroom is over the office, this entry point to the second story would come down into like the lockbox, the lockbox room.
2: I'm gonna try to creep down to get a sort of an eye on where everybody is, if I can.
1: All right, give me, give me another stealth.
2: <laughs> Twelve. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> you kind of step on the the stop, the top like metal step of, of the stairs, and it just kind of, like, creaks and groans, uh like a, a, the shifting of, of metal and bolts of where the actual step is attached to the spiral of the the iron going down, and you kind of, like, freeze for a second, and from here, you can clearly pick up the conversation. It doesn't seem like your 12 interrupted it, <laughs> but you you just <laughs> okay. hear Kepler going, I've told you, I, I don't know who this fellow is you're looking for, but... Never met them in my life. You're wasting your time here. The same paladin you can kind of recognize as who had inquired about who was at the door says, "We've got the intel. We know you're associated with Shaft. You need to tell us anything you have and can can about where they are. We we need to. We just want to speak to them." I'm sorry. I can't help you. I've been busy running my shop. I I don't have many friends at all. I tell you.
2: I think what I'm going to do at this point is uh, sort of put my hand up and roll my sleeve up a little bit, look down at my tattoo of the badger that I've had uh, blazoned on my arm for a while, <laughs> and uh, I used the other tattoo before and I can't recall. Do I have any kind of control over what the tattoo does, or is it just bring this creature into existence?
1: Yeah, you can you can direct it and uh, essentially like it's like an it becomes like an animal companion, a temporary animal companion kind of thing.
2: Okay. I'm going to summon forth the badger <laughs> and at the top of the stair and say, go down, get their attention and come back up the steps. And then I'm going to put myself into a darker area, into a like a a room off to the side. So if something comes up the steps, I will have the advantage to be able to, uh, to do something, an attack of some kind.
1: Okay. You can absolutely take refuge in like the dark bedroom because... I mean, the whole second story is is not illuminated at all. As you were able, to, you see the paladins kind of moving before you walked into the building. They actually are both humans. Okay. The ink, where sorry, where was this one? Where is this tattoo?
2: Well, it's on what I think it's probably on my left arm. I think I have yeah, the other one on the right.
1: So it kind of you see the ink just like slide down your 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 flesh, right? And I don't know if that's the the same forearm, maybe you have the shackles attached to you, but it kind of like slides and disappears under the, the shackles before it literally like drips from your fingertips, pooling onto the step below it you're on, and an inked version, like like with uh, the crows, uh, or yeah, your, your other tattoo that you use at the tower, and Bitey, it's like the, it's like a two-dimensional, outline of these animals right it looks like they wouldn't have any substance to them like you could put your hand right through them or if they turn to the side you would completely lose sight of them right it's like this two-dimensional inking that comes to life and it's i mean it's snarls snarl (laughs) and it bolts down the stairs and clear like utters of surprise from everybody including (laughs) carefully and you can scamper and and take refuge in, in the in the bedroom and the the badger kind of runs down. You hear it kind of like, I don't know, what. how does a, a badger bark? They don't bark, but however
2: <laughs> a badger sounds. My badger goes, <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
1: <laughs> and it essentially, it like, gets to the bottom of the stairs, grabs their attention, and crumbs right back up the stairs as you instructed. And you can hear the, the footfalls of the, the paladins following it.
2: Paladins or paladin?
1: It sounds like both of them are, are coming. I mean... You've certainly drawn their attention. So let's roll initiative.
2: That didn't work out as well as I wanted. 22 for me.
1: So you, you are first. The paladins are like at the base. You can hear the steps of the metal, have, like as if they've, someone has just stepped onto the steps at the base of this stairs. Not quite in sight of you yet, as they had to climb up the spiral,
2: right? So my plan will be to sort of stay out of sight as they come up the steps and sort of see if one of them you know it, it would be optimum if they separate but if not whichever one is behind as soon as it get as soon as they get past me i'm going to attack will i get a surprise attack on that or are they aware that they're looking for something beyond this two-dimensional badger <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we'll have the we'll let the badger move uh, act on your turn as well so you can have, if you want to have the badger move away from the bedroom, like further into like the living room and the kitchen kind of area at the what would be at the front of the shop, you can absolutely do that to continue to draw them. So you would end up behind them. You can absolutely do that.
2: Okay. So what I, I guess what I'll do is since I'm first is I'm gonna wait until they get up uh, near me. I'll have the badger sort of run past me, and then as soon as they get. You know, if they see the badger going at I'll have the badger attack, the the first guy. So the badger makes two attacks, one with bite and one with claws. I like it.
1: Okay, so uh, they're not, they're, they're essentially, though, the paladins are, like, just climbing the stairs. So they're not, they're not quite on the level to be attacked by the badger yet. But I don't see why not, like, the badger can ready an action to attack if a paladin gets adjacent to him, right? Uh, I assume, yeah. And then would you like to do the same thing? Like ready in action if the badger attacks kind of thing? Like,
2: Well, no, because that would be a reaction. I'd only get one attack and then I'd be seen. So I think I'm going to hide until, uh, just sort of stay out of sight until Barry 2 uh, actually takes a hit. I will, I, I'll Hunter's Mark the second one. If I can, and I, now visually, do I point at this? Uh, let's see what it says. You choose a creature you can see within range, and myst- uh, mystically mark it as your quarry.
1: Okay, so the paladin you can see uh, about to climb the stairs is the the armored guy. The, he clearly looks like a fighter of some kind, and then below him, like the 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 one dressed in robes, which looks more like a caster. Currently, not in your view.
2: Hmm. well then i'll mark the the guy in armor I mean I'm gonna might as well take that bonus action action economy right
1: actually the caster is next uh who kind of remains down there and essentially like what are you what are you seeing what is what what's going on up there what's what is this thing and you see actually or here he kind of turns Kepley, state stay back stay down here and then he can't really he's not gonna climb past uh his buddy there but they are next. And they come up, immediately turn to their left, right, with, with you to their right, hidden Badger to their left. And it's, you know, the bad Barry Chew is, like, snarling and waiting for it. And he he just pulls his weapon and will approach it and try to attack it. So Barry can definitely pop off uh, his reaction there.
2: So let's see. It's a reaction, so he only gets one of his two attacks, I assume, right? Yeah, that's right. All right, so let's go with a... A claw. He has a 22 to hit. <laughs> yeah, that hits nine slashing damage.
1: All right, good. I mean, the the, the paladin wasn't quite ready for it as, uh, as Barry kind of launches out before the paladin can even take a swing. But it will proceed to uh, multi-attack the badger with a critical fail for the first swing. Caught off guard by by Barry. <laughs> Caught off guard by Barry. <laughs> He, he tries to hack at this like two-dimensional made 3D thing and just <laughs> it sails wide, right? And kind of bites into like a banister and his weapon gets stuck and he has to spend the rest of his attacks actually to pull it out of the wood uh, due to his critical fail. <laughs>
2: nice. Nice, Barry. And you do
1: see like he's he's drawn like a scimitar is what he's wielding. And you can hear uh, the bottom of the order is Keply. Keply's like down there. He's like... What's going on up there? What what, what is happening Uh, to the top with you?
2: With the caster? Oh, the caster is now at the top of the stairs? Halfway, halfway. Halfway. Um, From the point in which he's standing, if I was to be able to go to the far side of this hallway that we're in, essentially, uh, would I think he he would visually be able to see me? Yes, yeah. Okay. Um, In that case... I'm going to run 5, 10, 15, 20 feet over behind the paladin fighter that is attacking Barry Adu and uh, attack. All right, I I will give you advantage
1: on your first attack as uh, he was completely unaware of your presence.
2: Okay, so that would be a 24 to hit with the scimitar. That's 19 damage. That's 12 slashing and 7 colossus. Now, I did mark him also, right? So uh, let's get the extra D6 on there then. That's another 5 points on top of that, so 24 points of damage. Second attack I'm going to do with my short sword of oozes. I assume only advantage in the first attack. So that is a, a 30 to hit, and <laughs> it looks like got some crit damage on this thing. Uh-oh. 37 plus, I guess I still get my, I haven't done Hunter's Mark in a while. So I'm going to go ahead, I think I get Hunter's Mark on every attack. So that's another six, so that's 37, 43 points of damage. And then I'm only going to attack twice because I'm going to use Nature's Veil to make myself invisible till the start of my next turn and move over uh, five feet with my last bit of movement just in case he just swipes in that area. <laughs> sure. Well,
1: well done. I mean, your first strike completely catching him unaware and as he kind of turns to face you, your second acidic slices across like the chest of his armor and like staggers him, it almost brings him to a knee, still like barely barely standing.
2: Uh Barry gets his attack then, right? Barry
1: does get to take a turn, yeah.
2: He gets two attacks, so he's going to bite first. That is a 22 to hit with 5 piercing damage. And then, uh, and then Barry's going to sort of try to—it bites into his arm and and starts trying to swing him around a little bit and takes his claw right across his belly. That's uh, only a seven to hit this. Time. Okay,
1: that one is a miss. And <laughs> you hear the spell and he cries, "Ugh!" Oh! And he calls to his his uh, his companion. He's here. It's Shaft. And then it is his turn. So he will. Uh, he will turns to Barry. Kind of, again, have, having lost sight of you, his first attack will be against Barry. Uh That's a 15 to hit. He has a 10 armor class, so he takes seven slashing. Uh I mean, seeing if Barry's not down, he's going to continue on Barry.
2: Yep, he's still he's still going.
1: That one, that one's a 12. Okay, good thing Barry's got a crappy Z. Eight more slashing.
2: Okay, that takes him out.
1: And then you see, like, the the ink just kind of falls into a pool and just, like, almost like it evaporates and Barry is done. Uh, This paladin kind of whirls on the spot where he last saw you and with his final attack will swing at the the spot. I mean, he swings with disadvantage, but you're not there anyway, so there's no way he could hit you. But he kind of, like you had predicted, lashes out. The caster now at the top of the stairs. Well, where is he? And he, like, he comes up just in time to see his friend, like, slashing at nothing. I mean, he can't do much without being able to see you, but he's going to use his bonus action to, uh, put a kind of a displacement on him. And you see, like, it's like a double kind of overlapping him uh, and, like, flickering to his left or right as if, like, a second copy of him obscuring, like, the where exactly he is and which one you would need to hit. Um, Ikepli, having heard their cries, oh. My boy, don't, don't let the don't let the roped one get his get his flare off. And you kind of hear like a, a jangling of keys for, like from down so like like metal clanking together and back to the top with you.
2: Mm. I really wanted to just take this fighter out to get the numbers uh, evened up here. But I must heed Kepley's advice. So I'm going to move around to the opposite side of the caster sort of at the top of the stairwell. Uh, He's about five foot into the the hall, and I'm going to sort of sneak in behind him, so giving the staircase to my back um, in case I need to, to leave. I pop back in, and well, I guess I pop back in at the beginning of my turn, and I'm going to attack him with my scimitar, 21 to hit. So
1: because of his little displacement thing, all of your attacks have disadvantage against him?
2: Okay. That's still a 21 to hit. <laughs> that that's a little is weird. still a hit then. <laughs> uh, not quite as much damage this time. It's 17 points of damage. Is that uh, something that could break his concentration? Is I don't know if that's a concentration spell or not.
1: Yeah, it seems like you you uh, kind of navigating this kind of illusory duplicate he's made uh, just completely gets rid of it.
2: Perfect. All right. Second attack. Uh, that's an 18 to hit. Yeah. Uh, 24 points of damage. How's he looking?
1: Um, they both look really bad. They're, they're. I mean, the the fighter is in far worse shape than the caster seems to be in. But uh, I mean, it's clear like this robed figure is like a caster for a reason, right? He's like.
2: A <laughs> I'm gonna play it smart and use Nature's Veil yet again. I can do it four times per day, and as that was two, so. I'm uh, using my bonus action to become invisible yet again.
1: You can hear from at the bottom of the stairs uh, again more like rustling and shifting and, and 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 like metal clinking together, and then this evoker is going to kind of round on the again the last spot that he saw you, which means this will have disadvantage. Kind of just let, lets out, it pulls up his palm right to let out like this burst of arcane magic.
2: Yeah, I should have moved. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe not standing at the top of the staircase was the best idea.
1: <laughs> uh, well, the first one's only a 9, though, with disadvantage. He can't make a second one. That one is a little better. as an 18.
2: Um, that is a magic attack, not a melee attack, right?
1: It is a spell attack, correct.
2: A spell attack, so I w- wouldn't be able to use any kind of uh, defense. So, no, that's a hit.
1: All right, you take uh, 16 psychic damage. And uh, he, he, I mean he can he can feel and like see that he's made contact with somewhere so he calls hes he's right in front of me. And then the fighter approaches to the, from the side of you. There's still I mean still I can't yours doesn't dispel, right? You're visibly persistent regardless of whatever right? right
2: it is a trait. Yeah.
1: So still disadvantage on his scimitar attacks. He will take all three of them. 14
2: miss. 16 um I will use uh, defensive duelist which will raise my AC for one attack by four, so that gives me a 20.
1: Last attack is a 17. And that'll hit. Six slashing. And behind you now, you can see, like, below the stairs, and you see that Kepley gets to the the, the top of them, and you see he's, like, pocketing this huge, like, ring of keys, and in his other hand, he has this... It's a wand, and it it's like a twist of materials. It's like the spiral that comes to this point. Uh, clearly like one material is made of wood. The other looks like it's this like green uh, like glass. It, it almost kind of shimmers as it catches the low torch light on the first story. And he's kind of like approaching up up the steps and he will point at the caster at the top of the stairs. And this green bolt of energy kind of lances out and the caster, is reduced to ash as he disintegrates him with this wand
2: Nice
1: Uh, Back to the top with you
2: Alright I am just gonna reappear right next to this paladin fighter I see the the caster reduced to ash Um, I look down and smile at Kepley and then I turn back and sort of give uh, a little smile and a wink to the uh, paladin fighter as I attack with (laughs) the scimitar A, a, A slight grin uh, that's a 22 to hit, Uh that's 18, plus I get still have him marked, so let's go with another two. That's a 20. as 20 points of damage.
1: That is uh, way more than you needed to vanquish this last paladin. And, like, as you pop into, uh, uh, you know, you become visible. Capley's, like, almost, like, taken back. Oh, my, bo- my boy! Oh! Brandishing the one. Oh, I could hit you! <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was going to mention that. <laughs> Just, yeah, it's, it's a good thing you are a halfling,
1: I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll sort of wipe my uh, my scimitar off on, on the paladin, uh, sort of re my, uh my sword, and walk down the steps towards Kepley. Did they hurt you? Are you okay? Oh, my,
1: my, my, my boy, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine. He, again, he's like looks at the wine, he's like, Oh, I, uh. My patron's not going to be happy about me using on one of their items. You see, he kind of, like, fishes his keys out again and, like, fiddles around and finds the one for the right lockbox. And he stows this wand again, <laughs> locking it back up. I have desperate times. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm sure it will be fine. Uh, are there any others around?
1: Uh, no, 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 no. It's just, just the two of them. Um, today, at least. Uh, my boy, what, what's what's happened? To the, why are they out for you now?
2: Well, it's a long story, Kevli. It, it's... It's a sort of a misunderstanding, right? Uh, we sort of took something that was really sort of ours, just wasn't ours yet. So, I mean, they sort of want it back, which is one of the reasons I'm here. I, I need your help. I I need a, a box, a, a small lead box about yay big. I sort of hold my hands out and just something that can contain something that's magical. Oh,
1: uh, I mean, I, certainly uh, I'll be able to help you with that. Uh, look, uh, I have news, though. I have, I have news, my boy. Uh, I, I'm sorry to tell you, uh, I've, I've, I've confirmed that that Nina was on the casualty list from the illness in Victor. It was tough to get my man down there, but he saw the list himself. Uh, in fact, I believe he says he he, he knows you, uh, a lovely young fellow named uh, Roland Wright. I believe I believe his name is.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roland's. Uh... Reputable guy, I mean, but you know, this cause she's on a list. That doesn't mean she's actually unable to be revived. That that sack I gave you. Did you find out anything about how that worked? Uh,
1: Unfortunately, unfortunately not. Um, But I would tell you the the one odd thing that uh, Roland discovered. uh, He well, he found the list. No, not a problem with his connections, but he could not find her her body. there's no record of, of a burial or, or, or cremation like the rest of uh, the casualties. She seems to have just, just vanished. I was hoping to recover her, to pay her respects.
2: Uh, I sort of think I know where her body's at. I- Isabella, good. She's sort of the one we sort of told you about that's sort of running. She's over in Heraklion right now. Sort of got her own thing going, I should say. And she... She told me she has Nina's body. I'm I'm coming back here to get, to get her soul sack or, whatever the the essence is that she's in. She's in there. I know it. And if I could just get the two things put back together, uh, we might be able to do something and, and, and bring her back.
1: Well, I'm, I'm more than I'm truly, I'm sorry I could not recover her body before Isabella. Good, uh, got her clutches on her. But listen, the the the, the lead. I. Can help you with that and you kind of see um he kind of leads you back to the office right and in in one corner in addition to his desk in here right and his personal safe there's kind of like this little workbench tucked into to, to the other corner like kind of the opposite of his 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 like desk his business desk there's looks like there's like sheets of this this metal he kind of points towards him but oh, you see i uh my lock boxes uh what kind of fool would store intricate and valuable items without putting them behind some type of protection, you know? I cater each box to fit my clients, uh, as large or as small as they may need to be. I'm sure I could whip you up something relatively quickly.
2: Yeah, anything you can make uh, as fast as possible. We don't know when more paladins are gonna, you know, pop in if they haven't heard from their buddies.
1: Well, that is the thing, my boy. I believe believe we're burnt here now. Uh, At least I am. But I I think I have a solution with that. Things have been moving very quickly, uh, around here since you, since we last spoke. I mean, it's, it's a wonder you made it back into the city without being dis- discovered, uh, but I have worked on that exit plan we discussed. I've come to agreement with, with Lag.
2: Wonderful. What's the plan?
1: Well, it, uh, it seems the Paladins have been harassing him as well as me in their efforts to find you. I, I have been unable to locate the, their information source. Uh, I've, I told them nothing about knowing you, uh, I'm sure Lag did not offer up that information himself. I don't know where they could have made this connection between us.
2: Well, a couple of my uh, acquaintances are sort of uh, indisposed at the moment with with the paladins. And I'm thinking they're either spilling the beans on their own accord or they're being told or they you know, they're not given any choices to give up this information. Regardless, I just have to assume they know everything.
1: Oh, my my goodness. So you're, you're no longer with your companions, then?
2: Well, we ha- there's a few that are here in the city with me, but from what I just found out, I think they've been captured. So it's best to... Uh, I mean, I need to f- I need to get someplace to safety, and then we need to find out where they're being held. Uh, they have the items that I need to get Nina back. The item that I need to put in this lead box.
1: Then I'll get right to work. And he kind of starts to... Pull up these sheets of, of lead, right, and he kind of throws one in a vise and begins to hammer and bend it. As you're, you know, you imagine the two, you're, you're like hands kind of together and then further and further. Ah, about this big, yeah, by uh, you know, this big. And he's kind of like roughly like <laughs> forming this these lead sheets into a rectangular structure.
2: Okay, while he's doing that, I'm going to do a couple things. I think I'm going to go uh, uh. Check the windows. Make sure there's nothing uh, amiss. I'm going to drag that body of the uh, paladin fighter and sort of stick him over into a, Is there like a closet in Kepley's room? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say to, I'll say to Kepley. Uh, I, I assume we're we're both going together. You're not staying here, right?
1: Oh no, no. Once we're done here, I'll go directly to Lags. Um, will you you'll be coming with me to Lags? He says he can get us out of the city.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I-I assume you're going back to Rockdale after this. I don't think you're going to be able to come back to Jacal until this is all passed over.
1: I-I uh, yeah, mean, it's been some time since-since I-visit our, our hometown, but, uh, yes, I, I agree, that's the safest place, I believe.
2: I-I'd would feel better if I knew you were safe. Uh, so, I'm gonna put this body in your closet. It might stink the place up a bit if you're not back. In a while.
1: Well, well, well wait, but, wait, wait, uh, wait. Let me get my good jacket out of there. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on a second.
2: Okay, anything else out of there? What's this? Is this a hat?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah kind of it, hat it goes. That? It goes with the jacket. Yes, he pulls them, pulls them both out.
2: Okay, and I pull his shoes out, and, <laughs> you know, his little shoe tree, and slide it aside. I push, push his body in there, and and I sort of shut the door. And his legs in the way, I jam it back inside there, and, and get it shut. Okay, and as you,
1: as you slam this closet shut you yet again hear Shakara in your head
0: Mia says they are about to attack and the armor is weak I fear we can no longer trust her find Horik he knows
2: I close my eyes grit my teeth sort of cringe a bit I look up at Kepley. Well, Kepley, remember when I was little and you and Dad used to tell me my biggest problem was I just didn't trust people and always felt everybody was out to screw me? And I always kept my defenses up and if I just gave in a little bit, I would see the better side of people? Well, that's crap. Still crap. I gotta go do something. First thing I'm going to do is take out my Eye of Scrying. I want to find out if I can I have one charge left on this eye, and I want to see if I can uh, put the eye where Shakara is. I think I know her pretty well at this point, so try to get a view of what's happening to them. So that's going to take about 10 minutes to cast.
1: I'm going to ask Emily to make a wisdom saving throw.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Emily needs to make a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> oh, sorry. Shakara oh, needs to yes, make a so wisdom saving yes.
1: So due to uh, how close you are with Shakara and you physically, with the eerie token, you physically have a piece of her too, right? So that is going to give the max penalty to Shakara's wisdom save, which I believe is a Minus 15, right? Yes. Emily has given me her wisdom saving throw. (laughs) She's rolled a 28. Minus 15 makes it a 13.
2: So what is your DC? My spell casting DC is 12.
1: Oh, no. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, the spell fails.
2: Well, can I use my luck point and make her roll again? I do have one left. Let's do that. Okay.
1: I will get Emily to roll again. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Luckily, I saved that last one after that last battle we had.
1: (laughs) So, essentially then, if she rolls lower than a 28, you have it, right?
2: Yep. 27 would give it a 12, right? And the, it would go to. Would it go to me or to her? I can't break. Uh,
1: the much. tie will go to the saver. She gets a twenty-five, minus fifteen is a ten. Okay, so uh, with your use of your luck, she has failed, <laughs> meaning she is unaware. Your scry is successful, and she is unaware of being observed. And you make this invisible sensor within 10 feet of her. Immediately when it blinks on, you, you're you almost like, you know, as you're peering into your orb, like almost kind of like shy away from immediately like the blue light that's you're, you're witnessing. And as the sensor kind of rotates, you see that Shakara is by herself in the sewer. And she is... It looks like she's almost passed out. She's on her ass against the, the sewer wall. She's got her feet like over the little canal of, of shit and piss water. Like she looks like she is exhausted. You also notice that now both of her hands are withered and completely black, almost to they look like they're skeletal thin. Now. She is clearly like rest, sitting there resting. The bag with the eye is 20, 25 feet away from her, so she's outside of its influence now. Hork is not
2: with her. Do I see the lead box?
1: No, like she has nothing in her hands. She's just, she's, she looks like she's just resting your bag of holding with, with the eye, and presumably the other eye with the bot is, is off to, like, not with her. It's like, off next right. okay
2: so it's not like she was she was uh handling both of these things at one time or doing anything it looks like the the bag whatever it, my assumption is that the other one's still in the bag
1: yeah like again it's not it's not in sight so whatever shaft may may, may presume
2: of that uh, the sensor moves with the target remaining within 10 feet for the duration so within this 10 feet area do I see anything else do I hear any I guess I can't see in here do I hear anything? Uh, through the sensor,
1: you again you hear like the the trickle of the sewer water. Shakara's labored breathing. Other than that, it, it seems pretty silent down here.
2: Um, do I see the the like the pathway we came out of when we came up through the sewers, like is my assumption she's right by the door in which we came up, or is she in the sewers, just randomly, someplace I can't tell. Yeah, from
1: from through the sensor, you do not see a ladder leading up to the surface, down either way of this of the tunnel that she's currently in.
2: Um, I'll move the sensor close. Does it look like she's still? I mean, can I tell if she's still alive or breathing?
1: Yeah, she's she's definitely breathing again, like kind of labored, uh, as if she is like almost struggling to catch her breath. But it, it looks clear, like like she's resting.
2: Well, at least I know she still has the eye—at least one of them—in the bag. There's really not much else I can do with the the eye, so I'm just gonna let that the ten minutes. Let's see how long does it last. It lasts about ten minutes, so I'm gonna let that ten minutes pass as Kepley's still working on the box and see if anything happens within that ten minutes. If she gets up, moves, anything else comes in to the uh, the room, if not, just let it let it pass.
1: Uh, Near the end of that 10 minutes is actually kind of, you get almost like this feedback loop, uh, hearing her through the scrying sensor and through your eerie token as she messages you again. Clearly she's, she looks like she's recovered a little bit now um, after this this quick little rest that she's had. And she messages you. Shaft,
0: I am going to attempt to make it to the theater. If you can, meet me there. Hopefully with Horrock
1: And before the, the sensor kind of blips out, she takes off down this sewer tunnel, presumably towards uh, the Archonel Theater.
2: All right, so what I'm going to do then is, uh, I'm not sure how long this is going to take Kepley, but I'm going to assume as he's working on this, I'm gonna take this time and attune back to the cube, getting rid of my circlet of the wise. Shaft earlier, forgetting that the uh, the tower cube did regain its power at the beginning of the day, because <laughs> I thought it was shot. <laughs> um, but notice that, you know, Shakara could be able to still manage to hold us with the cube. So uh, if I have the time, I'm going to try to reattune to that. That takes an hour, right?
1: So, if you want to take the hour, like, there's nothing stopping you currently from taking an extra hour to try to t- attune
2: to the cube? I, I, uh, so before I do the attunement, I'll say, Kepley, how long? How long do you think going to take?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, right quick, my boy, right, right quick. I'm just putting the lid on it.
2: Okay, then I won't attune. I'll leave, I'll leave the circlet on. And, uh, I'll go down to him and say, and, uh, prepare. All right, that looks good. I'll, I'll watch him doing it. That's probably good enough. Yeah, uh, put a little piece of lead. There's a crack right there. Just patch it up. You got something, some glue or something. <laughs> it's just got to hold the thing in there.
1: Yeah, he like grabs a like a piece of scrap right and kind of bends it around the hole. You know, like. If you had, if you're folding a box back together, like where two edges would meet, and there's kind of a gap there, right? He patches the metal <laughs> over that, and you see he's got like a like a little like rivet gun and t- starts riveting pieces of metal to to the box shape. Like it is a piece of crap, but he's putting it together as quickly as he can. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, I'll keep looking out the windows and you know sort of turn the lights out except for the room in which he's working. And sort of take out, turn out the candles or any lanterns it in in the room uh and and just wait as soon as he's ready i'll say grab whatever you need and let's get out of here
0: wow can you believe what just happened oh my gosh the uh things are just getting crazy you can visit us at incorrigible for additional world npc information to get all your incorrigible party merchandise join us on our discord linked on our website Recently, the Incorrigible Party has started streaming on Twitch. Do you want to watch video games, board games, interact with us, catch us on live after-party recordings, follow us on Twitch at Incorrigible Party. If for some reason, probably because you're incorrigible, like us, you can't get enough of our content, please support us on Patreon. Our Patreon gives you early releases to episodes, extra inspiration to give your favorite hero, Mia, wink wink, Or the DM, I suppose. Patreon-exclusive content includes Patreon-exclusive mini-campaigns. This podcast is sponsored by Critical Hit Design at criticalhitdesign.com. Thanks to Tabletop Audio for allowing us to use any ambient sounds or music during our show. And our intro and outro is by Josh Jarvis. Contact him at jamesmercymusic at gmail.com for any
1: inquiries.
0: Happy adventuring!
1: This has been a Sounds of Steel production.